beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right-doing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. Today I speak with my new friend Mia, the Nia Ninja. I'm amazed how the spiritual journey of Meet Me in the Field contributes to me meeting amazing people. The amount of friendships I have developed because of this podcast is close to unbelievable. Mia is one of these new friends I'm making as a result of our Meet Me in the Field interviews. Mia is a black belt Nia instructor and a most lovely person. I liked her from the moment we met. I'm excited to share her amazing journey from eloping to get married to life in London and bomb explosions in Camps Bay with you. This podcast is supported by The First Layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on The First Layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. This is Mia's story. Sit back and enjoy. Mia, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. Fabulous. I Did love I just call you Mia or Nia? Mia. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this is Mia. And Mia, I know, does Nia. So, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for coming through. And I was wondering whether you're actually Afrikaans or English. Until I heard your message at the gate saying, I am Akas Badi Hek. So I realized that this girl must be Afrikaans and she must be from the Cape. Uh-huh. Assumptions, assumptions. We're <laughs> off to a good start. <laughs> well, as I say, assumption is making us out of you and me. <laughs> so, so am I wrong? Yeah. Which, which, one, which one am I wrong? Am I wrong with so both? So I've got an English-speaking dad and an Afrikaans-speaking mom. Okay. Yeah. So. But, you're, but you're, oh, your, your marriage surname is obviously the Afrikaans surname. And your husband? My husband is very much Afrikaans, Kwis Lambrechts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a, that's nearly as Afrikaans yeah. as Johannes Frederik Joshua Janssen yeah, no, van Rensburg. No, that's me. Yes. Yeah, more Afrikaans <laughs> than that you can't get. Okay, so so I was half right with Afrikaans thing. Mm-hmm. And where are you from? So I'm from Paul. From Paul, okay. But I've lived all over. Lived in UK for a couple of years and then eventually decided to settle in Stellenbosch. Okay. So I'm right with the Cape thing, because the heck. Mm. Jakob always jokes and says that I speak Gauteng, because I'm still okay. hack. Hack. Yeah. Hack. Yeah. Yes. Um, very die, much a girl from... The is not from, a hack, and there's yeah. no good place for him to be a snee. Very much a girl from the Boer land, born and raised. You born go, and girl. Raised. So where did you do your schooling? So I went to Paul Girls High. Okay. Yeah. Word Macy School. And did they Paul. do corporal punishment there? Oh, my God. <laughs> Gosh, I thought we had to talk about Nia. Yeah, uh, <laughs> matriculated in '95. <laughs> matriculated in '95. So you were still yeah. still raised yeah. raised by the hand on the bum. Uh, kind of. I was <laughs> a goody two shoes, and then I, I transformed my ways oh. when I turned sixteen. So Ooh. yeah, okay. stepped stepped out of the box. Oh, you go, girl. <laughs> so Afrikaans mother, English father. Mm-hmm. Was there a sense of religion in your home? Were you brought up to, to, to go to church and believe certain things? And if you don't, then you're going to be smacked until you do? <laughs> um, so my mom was always investigating. So from a little girl, we I was dragged to Ingekerk okay. sessions. I was not dragged. I shouldn't say that. Um, Kicking and screaming. <laughs> 
I attended happy clappy sessions, okay. you know, uh, where they had the hands laid on and all those things. My mom went through a whole phase of seven, Advent, oh seven God, day yeah. Adventists. Yeah. And the good thing that we kept from that was the diet, which is brilliant. And then at the end of the day, my mom sort of discovered spirituality. Okay. And my dad is a self-proclaimed atheist. Okay. So I had a very interesting upbringing mm. when it comes to religion. Yeah. So I myself don't necessarily see myself as religious. Um, I would definitely see myself as spiritual. Cool. Um, but with no attachment to anything in specific. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is our podcast about spiritual journeys. So awesome. that's what we're talking awesome. about. So you you were still part of the Christian national education system. Yeah. So where there was religious studies at school and yeah, those types of things. Very and, how, much so. and how did that resonate with you? So, um, and that's a very interesting question because you asked me, am I Afrikaans or English? And the Afrikaans, the Asia Fia Fia. Yes. That was very conservative. What was Afrikaans, that? Afrikaans, Christelijke vrouwenvereniging. Yeah. No, no, no. But what was the subject we had in school? Um, the, um, 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 religious studies. Yeah, um, the re- religious studies. But that was normally in our school. It was divided into two groups. So the Afrikaans kids, they went to one section, and then the English kids. Oh, the Afrikaans, good. yeah, and the Afrikaans-speaking children, they had very serious prikes and um, Bible studies, and the English-speaking kids basically just did whatever they wanted to do so i sided with the i think it was called the sca we just had fun we just like chatted and nobody really cared what we were up to okay so yeah and i got a little bit intense in terms of you know you should you have to do x y and z i I, inside of me i could feel like you know something you know i don't that doesn't resonate with me so yeah it's an interesting question so you you had to duel languagism so you could choose where you want to go which is yeah. quite nice yeah. yeah very much bilingual so don't don't push me into a box i can i can decide for, oh, yes. for myself where oh I want absolutely to be. no that's definitely always been my mantra if you want to yeah. to use lack of better words so what happened at 16 that you decided uh what the fuck this shit and i'm going to <laughs> yeah hormones you got your first boyfriend. puberty <laughs> Uh-huh. Boyfriend. She's blushing. <laughs> She's actually blushing. Wow, I love this conversation. Um, so what happened at sixteen? Yeah, I just I, I just became my own person, I think. Okay. And I, I I think I always realized, you know, um I'm not going to live and explore uh, and experience life the way I want to experience it if I'm going to go around pleasing other people. Yes. Oh, so God. I think that was a big step. Well, good out. for you for yeah. figuring that out at sixteen. It mm. took me until 48 before I figured that out. Yeah. So so I think that was sort of my, but that's an unconscious decision. Yeah. So I knew it. And then I, you know, I rebelled. So I really went, you know, off the tracks and I partied and, you know, I had a good time. I had a good role from 16 till 20. Um, yeah. <laughs> Before you intended And did your school work suffer because of it? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I was a A. I was one of those typical students. I was an A student, did everything like prim and proper, goody two shoes, and then, you know, made the transition and yeah. started with different friends, started making different friends and people that just thought differently. Okay. Yeah. And that opened your horizon, your thought process to, to different stuff, mm. which I think is awesome. Mm. Definitely. I also started reading. You know, I used to okay. read stuff that was prescribed. I loved reading. Okay. So that's when I started reading books on mindfulness and awareness, but something, you know, a, a little bit more like 
uh, fantasy, fantasy driven. Mm-hmm. So I think I also opened up. I've I've always been very creative. I used to do large murals, paintings, and things like oh, that. Oh, cool! And I did ballet, and I loved the ballet. You did ballet until very late in your life. Yeah, I, just the year before my teachers. Oh wow! So, but that was also for me. That was a different box because I wasn't this scrawny, thin little girl. Okay. So I did. I did really well in my ballet. So you're the exception I, to the rule, basically. I. Yeah, I mean, I was built medium, medium built. It yeah. wasn't like I was a terribly overweight or anything like that. But there was a conditioning, I think, a conditioned pattern that I could feel in my soul, in my spirit, that this is not right. You know, okay. I shouldn't be limited and awarded by the levels of my capacity and my expression. And my soul, my spirit, just wanted to dance. Oh, fabulous! So um, yeah, also you know, I was really good at it. But there was also a time where I stepped out of it. Okay. Where I felt like, phew, it feels too restricting. Yeah. For, if, if, I, if I think of ballet, I think of the, the concept that comes up for me is discipline. Yeah. Absolute. So I see that that box and you're going to be in that box and you're not even going to touch the sides. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're going to stay so in the box that the yeah. sides are not even an option. Yeah. So that, that <laughs> <laughs> So that must have been a, a huge shift for you. When did the ballet stop? When the rebellion started, or sure, yeah, no, I I I carried on with the ballet because I didn't know anything else. So for me, I did find a lot of release and connection to my spirit in some parts of the ballet, and I had an amazing ballet teacher. Funny enough, her name was Joy, and um, what I do, I'm now in the business of of joy, finding joy of movement. So uh, some of it still resonated with me, but the rigidness of it. I mean, I'm still self-healing a lot of things in my body through the patterning of ballet. And I love it. I'm not saying ballet is bad or it's yeah. not good. I think it's fantastic. It, I, I just don't believe it's sustainable. And I believe in variety. I believe in the colorfulness of movement and expression yeah. and individuality and creativity. And I feel like I've found something now that I practice awesome. that embodies all of that. Oh, cool. Yeah. And your feet, are they? I haven't noticed how you walk, but are your feet okay? Have they... I used to. I used to do the duck feet. Yeah. The duck feet. Because <laughs> you can clearly see people who do, do yeah, better. Yeah, I totally did the duck feet thing. Um, but that's also to do with repatterning. You know, okay. what, I, what I'm doing with Nia is very much repatterning. And it's almost like learning how to walk again. Yes. So restructuring is quite amazing. I think I was very much the A-type personality, you know, getting things right, getting good marks, you know, being either number one, two or three Mm -hmm. in terms of whether it was ballet or it was swimming or I've always been like a mover. But with with Nia, it's free expression, you know, and it's also it's been an interesting journey of just like you say, the toes out that goes hand in hand with a type of a personality type also. So, uh, it's, yeah, there's a lot we can talk I'm about. I'm seriously, fr- <laughs> seriously frowning you. <laughs> what the fuck are you on? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's the body reveals the body's way. So, nice. I mean, that's that's really what we believe in, in Nia. And then through conditioning, you can find a natural way of being again. And okay. you can find a different way of being and a different way of expressing yourself through the body. So okay. and it's it's conditioning, it's it's patterns. I mean life's all about patterns and relationships and how we relate to our bodies and how we find expression or don't find expression. Yeah. And all of that goes sit in the body somewhere in a shape. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's very interesting. It's been a journey from duck walk to parallel feet. <laughs> <laughs> this is an interesting book title for you. 
from Duckwalk to Pillow of Kate. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the story of Mia and her Nia. So, I love it. <laughs> I want to get to, to the Nia definitely, but I want to, to hear your journey, how you got mm, there. Mm. How did you end up in the UK? Well, there we go. Now we're getting to the juicy bits. <laughs> <laughs> We, we are explicit right now, <laughs> because, because cool. I swear. Cool, awesome. The first thing Yoko said, well, we need to mark this explicit, because you swear, or they throw you off the podcast platforms. <laughs> well, now I'm scared I'm going to disappoint you. Maybe it's not that juicy. Oh, I need to add some salt and pepper and some chili powder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, add, add, add your own spices to your liking. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, so I matriculated, and then a year before I met my husband... And I met him at a telephone booth in Stillboy. Yeah, I know. It sounds like a hooker on the corner of a street, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the telephone? We still had telephone yes. booths yeah. in 1994. Yes. The good old days. The good old days. So I met him there. It was like instant magic. Were you on holiday or something? I was on holiday. Okay. And he was on holiday. And there's a back end. My parents also met at Stillboy. So oh, I'm already okay. telling my children, be very careful of Stillby. You must be going to meet your other <laughs> half there. Oh, that's freaky. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. And then we we just had such a very strong, intense bond. And so it was a holiday romance that It was off. a holiday romance that just carried on. At that, that went time, wrong because no, it was supposed no. to be a holiday romance. <laughs> I always say to my ex, my ex-husband, "You are my worst one-night stand ever." Because 16 years later, you're still yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be a fucking one-night stand. <laughs> well, yeah, I think there were times in our relationship, 24 years later, oh my word. that I can, you know, definitely felt that way. <laughs> but I'm very much in love with with Chris. Oh, cool! This holiday romance has over, mm. over oh, oh, gone over its time limit. <laughs> And then what? How, how did UK happen from there? And then, so Chris was busy studying in Cape Town, and mm-hmm. I was still in school. So I was still a schoolgirl. Oh my God. I so started to finish my trick. school mm. boyfriend. <gasps> you were one of the rebel Ooh, girls. La, la. Yeah, we called them sluts when I was really? in school. Really? Yeah. I know. I was in Girls Eye. We were the cooker. So we that, were the conservative <laughs> chicks. <laughs> we, we had cooker, who were the conservative girls, and the tarta, who were the... The, there the, was the, a neighboring school, like, ones. but we won't name names. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, erase. <laughs> we fell in love and the relationship carried on. And then we, we literally decided to have a child. Right, I know it's very random, but it's, it, that really felt like a spirit calling. And I was actually on my way to study graphic design at Cape Tech. And I, I came in, I was on my way. And we, we consciously made a decision to get pregnant. So many times people frown and think, oh, no, no, nonsense. You're just saying that, you know, you yeah. were 18, blah, blah, blah. We consciously, both of us, it was like a, a literal, I mean, I remember the moment. Um, and we literally described our son. Even before I was pregnant, we described the way he looks oh, to the T. And that is literally what he looks like. Um, so we decided to elope. We didn't want to deal, especially with Chris's parents, very, very conservative ah. Afrikaans people. Bless them. <laughs> Mommy, Lord, Daddy, Lord, bless you. <laughs> and we alert and we went to UK and I had Lestat. It's my oldest son. He's 22 years old now. Okay. Lestat. Mm. Spell? L-E-S-T-A-T. So now bear in mind, I was 19 and Chris was 21. Okay. But... 
Why do I immediately, when I yell, start think of vampire? <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I said. That's why I said. Bear in mind. Yes. I was <laughs> what was it, Buffy? <laughs> oh God! No, I was no, like, this way no, no, no. It was um, interview with a vampire. Oh, Brad Pitt. And, okay, yeah. yes. But we we read the books of Anne Rice before the movie came okay. out. Okay. And I was absolutely obsessed with the moon during my pregnancy. Okay. So I was just, this name was like Luna, Luna. And Chris like, there's not a chance in hell you're, you're calling <laughs> our son Luna. He's going to be teased. And anyway, so, and when he was born, I still, I couldn't come to a name. And then Chris looked at Lister because he was, he had this white, white, white skin, red, red, red lips and blue, blue, blue eyes. Oh, my God. And it's like obvious yeah. this child's name is Lestat. Oh, fabulous. And that's just, yeah, and that's, the rest is history. And does he like his name? He loves his name. Okay, cool. Yeah. He's never had a problem. He's just very grateful I never called him Luna. <laughs> <laughs> He's like donkey mom. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so if, if he really pisses you off, you call him Luna. I do Luna. sometimes. <laughs> I will call you that in public. <laughs> well, I just did, didn't I? The whole world knows. <laughs> Sorry, listen. So this is actually non-Luna. <laughs> Sorry, non-Luna. <laughs> and what did you do in the UK? So now you're a 19-year-old mm. young mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In London, or when the UK were you? Yeah, yeah. We were in London. We okay. started off in Sheffield, just like everybody else that goes on working holidays. I mean, it's a shithole. <laughs> Let's call this by the fucking show. It's a shit So survival supreme. Yeah, absolutely. So we started out in a tiny little place, Lady Bower Inn, in just outside Sheffield. Beautiful place. I mean, Never I, heard of it. It was stunning. It's, I think it's weird. During the war times, they tested the some of the war planes. Okay. So it's kind of like an isolated, yeah, yeah a tiny little place. It was beautiful. Okay. Um, and then traveled and started working for an American company in London. And we started off as baristas and we befriended the owners. Um, and then Chris sort of worked his way up and I worked my way up. And we were okay. sort of managing several. And they kept us on. I mean, I worked till I was nine months pregnant. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was it was quite an interesting journey. It meets amazing people. I mean, and that's what I love about UK is that it's like this cosmopolitan yeah. of people, an eclectic yeah. bunch of people. You get to meet all these different cultures and work with them like on ground level. Doesn't matter where. I mean, we met these amazing guys from Bosnia oh, wow. that fled the country, and hmm. you know, just learned a lot. You know, coming from a very like safe and sort of entitled, yeah. you know, white middle class South yes. African family, just getting exposed to the div- yeah. diversity. It's interesting what what London did for me was. It's my, that was my first stop overseas, and my, I, I remember so well thinking, I truly live at the South Point of Africa. <laughs> We are so hidden. We are yeah, so so it's a bubble. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So away from, from everything, and everything. suddenly you're in you're in this all this crap. And the first time I drove into France, yeah, when I realized I can't read the road signs, it was such a kind of. It never crossed my mind that I will not understand. Okay. <laughs> suddenly, oh my god, I'm actually really overseas because yeah. I I. I I can't understand. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. It's such a good feeling. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Being like a child of the world. Mm. Yeah. All of a sudden. And yeah. everybody has these stories to tell. I love it. Yeah. What happens next? So the stunt happened and you stopped working. You were a mother? I was. We, we almost had like a communal type of living. Um, like most people in London. We had a, yeah. <laughs> oh, we, it was us and 24 other South Africans <laughs> in this four bedroom house. <laughs> uh, well, we, we le- uh, lived very close to Portobello. 
and we had this beautiful flat, like a double story. So we had the loft apartment for me and Chris I and this that. And then we rented out the bottom part. But so we never had a problem with babysitters or anything like that. And those people became really close friends. Some oh, of those cool. people are still friends today. Um, you know, so, so we did have a couple of close calls with one friend of ours that got a little bit sidetracked with some um, addictive behavior. <laughs> and one morning he said, you cannot bring down the baby. And his eyes and his pupils are like oh dilated. And I'm like, why? It's like a microdot went missing in the flat. <laughs> Everyone is on their hands and knees looking for this thing. I mean, it's, yeah, that's like a lifetime ago. But it, yeah, so that was definitely part of Amazing. Our, our reality. Hmm. Cool. And then came back to South Africa, found my parents. Lestat was just over a year old. And I did not tell my parents that they have a grandson. So I made a phone call. Oh, my word. And I said, small pa. Coming home, but there's an extra person. <laughs> and my parents were, they they were just relieved we're coming home also. So, okay. yeah, they were big, wide, open arms welcoming us back. And it was, oh, awesome. it was a phenomenal reunion. Because uh, his parents took a while to warm up to the idea, <laughs> <laughs> as was going to be expected. And, yeah, we came back and we had this idea of creating. We wanted to, to mimic what we did in terms of business in UK. Okay. So we saved up a couple of pounds and the concept that we wanted to do wasn't going to work in Cape Town yet. You know, in South Africa, we're a couple of years behind, especially in in those days. And then we decided to open a coffee shop and we decided where, but we wanted it to be an experience. I've always been in the business of experiences. Um, So we opened a place called Hatters in Stellenbosch. It was a tiny little bistro. It started off being a coffee shop with all these different... We were the first people to have espresso coffee. Are you serious? We were the first people to have smoothies. Oh, my word. And I had stuff on the menu like leprechaun salad. It was an amazing, beautiful, magical little place. And we made friends with the people that came there, you know. And we had yeah. all the scallopies of Stellenbosch coming in there to see each other because we were kind of hidden away. Oh. In like a... <laughs> <laughs> so you were like in a room by the hour type of... Oh, Wow. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> Top of coffee shop. <laughs> I should have charged more thinking of it now. <laughs> yeah, so, so this yeah. is for your coffee price and this is for the privacy. Yeah. <laughs> Two bowls. Cafe Anonymous. Yeah. yeah, and then we got into events. We started working for British American Tobacco um, and we did very interesting events. They, okay. they noticed our skills, our gifts to create little events and then we took that and we built that out a bit bigger. And then, I mean, they, they gave us like budgets to work with and we can just go wild i mean we were paid in 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 in, in cigarettes in this <laughs> so now i'm in the business of health that's where i come from there's always the polarities right <laughs> we won't we, we won't call any names but yeah it was it was amazing cigarettes oh my god yeah yeah i mean it, it was we had a lot of fun and we could creatively explore and yeah. you know it was really we were like on a roll and then we were in a bomb explosion and like a whole life came to a standstill. Wait. So in in Camps Bay in 1999. In that? So the first big one was, I think, Planet Hollywood. Yes. Where a lot of people lost yeah. their lives. And then there were quite a couple yeah. other like American enterprises being targeted. Yeah. And so we were one of the 
I don't want to say smaller ones, but nobody died. So you were in, a, in were you in a restaurant? We were on the beach at my friend's birthday party. Uh, we were just having like a little picnic, okay. and it was me and Chris and and Lestat and the friend whose birthday it was and another friend of hers. And then my son got sort of like, he was three. Um, he wanted to get ice cream. And I said, okay, cool, let's go. Let's find ice cream. And you know what Camps Bay looks like yes. on a Sunday? It's like very, very busy. So we were walking up and down, up and down, up and down. And we saw there was a t- table open at St. Elmo's. And we sat down. And I remember we were sitting down and we were still smoking. So we were about to <laughs> light a cigarette. Of course, was about to light a cigarette. And he was passing Lestat to me. And I noticed this bag and the waitress just took our order. And she picked the bag up that was right next to our table and she took it inside. And then the bomb went off. Oh my word. So, so I was very lucky. I didn't physically get hurt. Lestat was sort of passed on. So he was sheltered by, we were sheltered by, by like a, it's almost like a double glazed oh door, word. sliding door. Yeah. And then my husband got quite badly injured in his face he basically lost half his jaw oh my word. and he still has shrapnel in his body Good grief. and yeah that basically our whole lives came to a standstill it's it's literally a bomb went off that same bombing phase yeah there was a gay bar in yes in, in greenpoint called blah bar I blah think. Bar. yeah yeah and on top of it was a, 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 a cabaret type of theater type of mm. thing we mm-hmm. we um, shit, what were they called? Two drag queens. The one was Lily Slap Silly and I can't remember the other <laughs> one. Okay. And it was a Saturday night and we were a group of friends and we went to watch that show. Oh, and my, my boyfriend at that stage was sick at home. Okay. And afterwards, the, everybody said, let's go down to Blah Blah for a drink. And I said, I suppose I have to go home and put my nurse Betty outfit on and go look after my boyfriend. Oh, my word. And they were in, in the Blah Blah bombing. Wow, so yeah. thank goodness to your, thank to your goodness boyfriend to my that boyfriend he was sick. Was sick at home, yeah. Amazing. And later years, a guy who worked for me was a barman at Blah Blah that night. Yeah. And somebody asked for a beer, and he ducked down under the counter to get the beer, and when he came up, the bomb exploded. So he was <laughs> being done with everything okay and came up with absolute chaos. Chaos. And he was okay because he was <gasps> under the counter, yeah. It's sometimes it's just moments, Freaky, eh? Hey? And it's making those decisions yeah. moment to moment. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, and, and I've learned so much about fight flight response just because imagine, of that yeah. big that big event. Yeah. And what responses I mean it was the most amazing thing to notice Ooh. how people reacted mm. and how I mean Chris was shattered. He couldn't walk. Oh I had to and I felt like I had superpower. I mean I had my son on my one arm and I had Chris and because somebody screamed, There's another bomb. Oh my god. So I I just felt like get people to yeah. say, you know, I had to get them to safety. Yeah. And my other friend, she was so disorientated. I mean, she was in the flight mode. We discovered her two blocks away. She was in a pharmacy. I mean, her whole back was blown open. She went to a pharmacy to ask for a (laughs) band-aid. Sorry for laughing. (laughs) That's trauma, hey? That's that's what happens. People just flip out. And then... Nobody had, like the, the other friend had a cell phone. So I didn't own a cell phone at that yeah. stage. And I, I, I literally had to struggle to get the cell phone off of the other friend's hand. She didn't want to give it. She was in complete freeze, complete shutdown. Amazing. 
So it was it was fascinating yeah. to see how people respond in Whoa. in that. And yeah, and I mean since then obviously a lot of healing. Yes. A lot of layers I had to go through and mm. yeah, that yeah. is trauma, eh? Hey? Phew. Yeah. And how did that impact your lives moving forward? So I think I think for a long, long time we both because we didn't get any counselling. That's a shocking point. Yes. I mean you don't really receive counselling in this country. Yeah. It should be implemented automatically, like immediately. Yeah. It's only the rich and famous that can really afford the counselling. Well, look at one one amazing aspect about counselling is how we brought the, the soldiers back from the Angolan war and just plonked them back into normal life. And exactly. No counselling, no nothing. Kind of today you're fighting in the war and tomorrow you're on the streets of Joburg walking free and yeah. have a nice life. Or go back to your family. Yeah, it's family and... Yeah. Or relationships, yeah. and then you have to carry on. Amazing. So I think there was a lot of. I mean, I went back. I had to because I had to have so, uh, multiple operations, I can imagine, yeah. and I had to get you know keep the pots cooking. So I, I carried on doing catering and events and things like that. And that's also like a twenty four seven job. Yes. So I think for me, I had I definitely had a journey with addiction myself in terms of compensating and keeping the clock going yeah. so overriding my own body not listening because yes. I've got to push through mm. you know an event it's not I don't have a month's time it's happening tomorrow and there's 200 people 300 mm. people waiting for yeah. flowers food entertainment waiters mm. coordination mm. the whole ka- kaboom to happen yeah. and it has so, to be creative and interesting and oh, absolutely fa- and fabulous darling and fabulous yeah. darling and I love that part I love that part but the pressure was yeah, on imagine. And I was definitely not dealing with the trauma experience. Okay. I mean, physically, I didn't get hurt, but I know emotionally, yeah. you know, I had to put in years and years of work yeah. of getting over that. That reminds me of something. I got, I got caught in two riots in my life. Okay. That I, must have been And I've never dramatic. had any counseling. I, I don't think I've ever discussed it with any therapist. I'm oh, my yes. word. <laughs> Why not? Where did that happen? One was in Grassy Park. Okay. We were a group of friends. We were three guys on our way to Brass Bell to go for dinner. And we got to a traffic light and we were in a rented car. We got to a traffic light and we saw these burning things lying in the road and whatever and all these people standing next to the road. But it didn't dawn on us. So we kept on riding. And halfway through this crowd of people, we just doof, 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 doof. doof, doof, Oh, shit. So you were in it? We were in it. And you have no option but to get through it. So the driver kept on driving. And I just heard um, the guy at the back, Michael, shouting to him, left, 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 right, right, oh, fuck, out, 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 out. I was sitting with with, with my my head between my legs underneath the dashboard. And then it was dead quiet. And we were out of the the riot. Mm -hmm. And we kept on driving, looked up, everything was quiet. And then we hit another crowd. Oh, no. And the worst, that's the worst feeling. Oh, you can't turn back. You can't go it. forward. And you thought you were just you, you need, away. Yes, yeah. you, need to, you need to just go on. And then? So we just drove through and it happened again. Wow. And um, then we drove to Musenberg Police Station. Okay. We were the second car through the riots. I'll never forget the sure. first car that went through. The guy was standing at the police counter, bleeding from his lip. He had a hole hole in his lip and yeah. when he ever said P or B the P yeah <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. oh, but we were the next day was the weirdest day I felt it was a complete dream mm-hmm. 
Das heißt, in Malchen, I was, I was shut off. Shut down, okay. Yeah. All three of us, we, okay. we just, it was a weird, weird, weird day. And the second time was the day Nelson Mandela got released. Mm. Very close to, 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 to the station, we were in a car. Yeah. And again, we drove into a group of writers and they shook the, shook the car oh. with us inside. It was, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. Something for me to take up with my with my supervisor mm. in our next session. Mm. <laughs> I completely forgot about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And those things are stored in your body on a cellular yes. level. So, absolutely. you know, to find some or other way to move it through. Yes. So that you can live as optimal as you can. Mm. Yeah. So how did Nia happen? Where, where and how did that come into your life? So, I got pregnant with my second child. That was much later Much than, later. Yeah. So they're 10 years apart. Okay, cool. So Leander's 12. Okay. And Lestat's 22. And um, so got pregnant with my second child. And I, I remember I found this tiny little leaflet at our local health shop yes. in Stellenbosch. And I pasted it and it said something that just, I can't remember the words, but there was something in there. Something with free and dance and living your best life. Something in terms of that. Okay. And I had this little flyer and I pasted it up against my fridge. And I think it was about a year or over a year because I was still breastfeeding. I didn't want to yet get back yeah. into moving. And this one day I just felt, okay, I'm just going to pick up the phone and phone. And I phoned Lucia, Lucia Brandt. She's a psychologist. And she answered the phone and she was also teaching the NIA classes in Stellenbosch at that time. And I said, listen, I've got really big boobs. And I'm still breastfeeding. I don't want to jump. <laughs> and she's like, don't worry. I've got basically no boobs, no jumping. Come tonight. Okay. And I'm like, yes, I'm there. And I literally came. And I, I've always seen myself as someone that's really coordinated. I felt like such an idiot in the class. Because, I mean, as people were moving to the one side of the, the room, I'm the idiot standing on the other side of the room. And I'm like, what's this about? Why can't I keep up? And I kept going back because there was just something in the room, something in the energy, something in the movement that I just connected to. It just, it, and I know now that it's it's joy, not personal joy, but universal yeah. joy. I know now what it is. But it was a phenomenal journey just to be able to, you know, have a form, a container, uh, because Nia is very much in, in term, a form, but then there's also the freedom. There's this freedom to do it your way, okay. you know, to express, find expression and movement your way, which I, I believe we, we all are here to do, you know, to find our unique way of doing things. Lucia's husband got sick um, a couple of years later, and Lucia always prompted me to, to go and do the white belt, which is the first level of training. And okay. It's all about sensation. And she she believed that I could do it. I mean, I was such an introvert, and especially after the bomb, we we became quite isolated. Okay. And living I'm like, in fear. totally living in fear, scared. You know, I I remember sounds and things being such a huge trigger. Yeah. Just like lo- being in public space, it's just looking around, making sure that everything mm. is safe. Sure. So I ended up doing the training, but I told Lucia, I'm not gonna teach. I will not teach. <laughs> she she was just smiling. <laughs> She knew. Yeah. She knew. And then her husband unfortunately passed away. Oh, no. Um, he had a brain tumor. 44. Mm. Very young. Very young soul. And then I had to. I had to literally just step. And I remember teaching my first class. I mean, my legs were shaking. <laughs> I do not remember the choreography. I had to move people's bodies to this music. 
you know, yeah. cue you have to think in advance. There's a lot of things that happens neurologically when you when you teach that you have to remember a lot of things. It's not just a workout. You know, there's a lot of yeah. other things that, that come into play. And I was scared out of my freaking mind. <laughs> <laughs> but I stepped in. Awesome. In any case. Work through the anxiety. What is Nia? When I think of Nia, I think of dancing. Yeah. But you used the words martial arts earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nine movement forms. So there's three martial arts, three dance arts, and three healing arts. Okay. And it's, it's an absolute journey through the body, through different types of movement. So we have circular movement and we have linear movement. We very much work with the body. Okay. So if you, if you look at the nine movement forms, it's almost like they have individual personality types. Okay. So there's a very interesting little form that you can do when you start doing Nia to see which one you relate to more. So when I started off doing Nia, I related a lot more to Taekwondo, which okay. is a lot of punches and kicks and blocks and ha, you know, that type of yeah. sounding and things like that. And I know why, you know, I was very much a type personality when I started and I think I had a lot of anger contained yes. in my body. Not that uh, Taekwondo is about releasing anger. It's more about precision. But that was my initial entry point okay. to it. And I think over the years, just as you get like Enneagram, you get all these different personality charts where you can find balance in the end. You know, we all have the different personalities in us. Yeah. But through over time, then you can start developing it. But okay. this is access through the body, through sensation. So I feel like I've become a lot more of an Aikido type of person, which is very circular and harmonious. Okay. And it's all about the win-win. You know, I, f I feel like I'm, I've become a lot more whole and part of instead of being isolated and okay. defensive and scared. And then there's beautiful jazz where you get to express and show off. I mean, I was scared of my mind to do the jazzy bits and I love it. <laughs> It brings so a lot of healing. And... Oh, yes. It's all about the snap, crackle, and pop. <laughs> I've committed to doing, to doing a class, not yes. this coming Saturday, the Saturday after that. But I'm now getting nervous. Oh, yes. <laughs> so do you recommend I watch a few YouTube videos or not? I think just show up and experience okay. it. So I, want, I don't want to arrive with a preset idea. I'll just... No, just, just cool. arrive. Open, beginner's mind. It's also part of the yes. philosophy. So cool. that you don't attach or assume, yeah. um, you know, in our new trainings, we work with the four agreements. So make no assumptions. Always do your best. Um, or oh, where my, I'm doing my best. Do your best, <laughs> yes. You're where you're, and I'll remind <laughs> you with, remember, remember to, to breathe. breathe. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about my um, be positive badges that, um, that I dish out. And I gave Mia one because I ran out of armbands. So she's got her Remember to Breathe little badge on. And I earlier today wore my I Am Enough one. And there's one that says I'm doing my best as well. So I'll wear that that day. I'll remember that. Awesome. <laughs> so, awesome. If, so if you shout at me, I'll just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shouting in the Nia class. It's, cool. it's very much about the body sway. So Nia's a way of repatterning the body and calming the nervous system. And I think my journey with Nia has very much been about calming calm my nervous thing, yeah. system. So I think the trauma, and if it makes sense, I'm sure a lot of people listening, it will make sense that you're sort of out of your body when you've experienced trauma. And, and I think life, you know, it doesn't have to, it doesn't take a bomb explosion yeah. to cause trauma. Some people experience day-to-day -day life mm -hmm. as traumatic and they need coping mechanisms. Yes. 
So I find that Nia is a healing modality awesome. that brings healthy stimulation so that you have a calmer nervous system, yes. so that you can cope. Yeah. And it's not actually coping. It's it's living your best life. How can you live more optimally? Cool. I yeah. want to stress that, that factor to whoever is listening. And that's really, really an important thing that Mia now said is we always think that trauma needs to be an event. Something happened. But if, if you've got a stressful job, you're possibly getting to a point of complex trauma. It's just mm-hmm. this constant stress and constant stress and constant uncertainty and everything. All of that eventually forms trauma in our bodies. Absolutely. And we need to work with that. Mm-hmm. So um, don't think that because you haven't had a bomb explosion no, or, or something like that, that you don't have trauma in your life. Yeah. Speak to somebody and investigate whether there is trauma or not. That's one thing that I've learned recently. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, very passionate about that now. Yeah. So I also used to think that trauma needs to be an event. So what does NIA stand for? <laughs> yeah, your husband just, <laughs> husband just asked me, cornered me about this one. So initially it's, it stood for non-impact aerobics. Yes. Now more recently it's neuromuscular integrative action. But for me, what resonates is in Swahili, it means with purpose. Nice. And so there's very much a science behind Nia. Everything is done with purpose. So a lot of the things that you experience in the class might feel very much out of your comfort zone, but it is healthy stimulation that's introduced with purpose to repattern the body and the mind, because it's the neuropath, it's a body-mind connection that then at the end calms the nervous system. Cool. You are now a black belt. Mm, I'm a ninja. So how do you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Mia the Nia Ninja. Yeah, <laughs> careful. I'm possibly going to call you the Nia Ninja because <laughs> every person that I interview gets a... I don't say, this is Mia, you become episode 80 whatever, the something. <laughs> so you, I must remember the Nia, Nia ninja. ninja. As you do your levels of training, you get belts like in martial yeah. arts. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, so the, the first level is about sensation. And it's really about getting into your body. So energetically getting into the body through sensation. So the fundamentals of Nia is really connecting to the joy of movement. And a lot of people don't know that. You know, the mentality out there, it's exercise yeah. and you have to, it's the no pain, no gain mentality. So if you don't push through and you don't mm. force yourself to mm. be one, two or three, then you're not I'm good enough. Hand, yeah. Then you're not good enough and then you can't do it. Nia has created a platform where you can, you can express yourself your way. So what I'm hearing is I actually need to bring all my badges because <laughs> I'm going to need, <laughs> I am enough. I'm doing my best. Remember to breathe, smile. Um, what was the other one that I just, just thought of? No. Your like, self-love rocks. Your self-care rock. Okay, so I can leave my eyes about my family at home. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's also in the body, so we, we might have to work with talk a little about, bit of Talk pattern. about trauma. <laughs> Most people need trauma counseling because, because of their families. So, you are now a near teacher. Yes. And how does near connect with the spirit, with spirituality? So for me, the, the belt system is very much almost like a microcosm of that. So we, we start with the art of sensation, which is getting people back into their bodies, physical bodies. And I know to some of you, it's like, what do you mean? I am mm. in my body. It's a process of aligning the energetics yeah. with the physical through sensation. No pressure. It's, it's gradually, it happens in the belt training for, for sure. 
The second belt is the art of communication. So if you think about chakras and things yes. like that, we definitely work with energy okay. in here also, different energy forms. It's about communication and relationships. The third level is the art of perception. Ah. And that's a brown belt where it's all about energy. And we learn how to manage our batteries, mind, body, emotion, and spirit. Okay. And there's a lot more to it. It's, it's, there's a lot of education on how we make decisions, either out of love or fear. Ah. It's vast. It's really, really vast. Mostly fear. Most For me people specifically, are my life was about making decisions based on fear. So fundamentally, a lot of these things are about choice. I mean, mm. we, we work a lot with triads in NIA, in the NIA education. And the first triad that we have is if you look, if you imagine like a triangle and the base corner, there's choose. In the second corner of the triad, there's sensation. And at the top, there's universal joy. Okay. And then we've got what we call primordial energies. So what must you do? Like, for instance, you're sitting there right now. Like, what must you do to experience joy? Or at least just to be more comfortable? Yes. Can you can you, can you you shift your position? Can you perhaps have a nice... Yeah, I already don't have envy? a very good posture. I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and it's not even about having a good posture. It's just becoming comfortable and connecting yeah. to joy in your body. So tweaking. So when you find something that works for you feeling better, because it's ultimately about feeling better, then can you sustain that? Because that's that's the big challenge, and that's been a big challenge for me in my life. Yes, I can find the joy. I can find, and it's not personal joy, it's universal joy. I can find that, I can access that, especially in the dance, because I love moving. But how do I sustain it in my life? Okay. And so then Nia has become my lifestyle practice, where I introduce healthy stimulation, where I can access universal joy. And if it's not present, how can I tweak it? You know, what can I do? It's simple things. It's day-to-day things. Okay. Like you're sitting in the traffic, you're freaking out. Rah, mm. You know, you're not getting somewhere in time. Yeah. But your butt's busy meditating. But, you you know, you wouldn't shift your awareness. It's about shifting the awareness and becoming more present okay. to what is and how can I have a more joyful experience? How can I have a more joyful life? Okay. So you asked me about spirituality. Yeah. So we, we all come into this world with a unique spirit. I mean, I believe that. Yeah. And, and in Nia, we connect to the body. We connect to the mind, which is the logical mind, the analytical mind yeah. through counting and numbers and things like that. But we also access the imagination. Ah. We definitely work with emotions, emotional energy. We play a lot with emotions, different ways of expressing so that you start learning and, and, and gain like a body vocab. Okay. On on emotions and then the, the last one is spirit okay. so your unique way so I might do something in class where we've got a cross front cha-cha-cha or whatever but then how does Freddie do the cross front yeah. cha-cha-cha and there's room for you to do your cross front cha-cha-cha your way however the fuck you want to however the fuck you want to <laughs> it's about expressing and being comfortable enough mm. that in that space that's fr- and that that has dropped me to my knees to to witness people's unique spirits. Oh, awesome. That there's the body's way, there's a fundamental way of repatting patterning the body, and then there's your body's way, your uniqueness. Ah. Your spirit, your way of expressing. Yes. Oh, cool. And 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 it's like, you know, there's a little exercise in terms of balance. I don't know if you've ever done that where you hold each other's forearms and you lean back and it doesn't matter if our weights differ. Mm. If the one person doesn't fully bring themselves it's a fuck up. The other person will either fall or something. Yeah. But when you find that beautiful, sweet spot, 
It's when both people are bringing themselves. Okay. So when you bring your uniqueness yeah. and I bring my uniqueness and we are in one safe container or not in life, yeah. that's when things start blossoming. Awesome. Yeah. So it sounds like we actually do very much the same thing. I you was wondering. Be, I was curious about that. <laughs> you do it on a dance floor and yeah. I do it do it here. Yeah. I was thinking about the number one, the, the concept of choice. Mm-hmm. For me, fundamental in my counseling is... What are your choices? Yeah. And why do you choose? Have you thought about choosing differently? Especially in recovery, talk about your character defects. Uh-huh. And I always use the example kind of, I think of, of everything in life is like a, a coin. Both sides always exist. Sure. They're always there. Mm-hmm. But I have the choice to make a decision which side I allow to see the light. Mm. So if you don't like what, what the side up, flip the fucking coin. <laughs> as simple as that. As simple as that. <laughs> choose joy. Choose universal joy. Exactly. And choose I, to relax yeah, in the traffic. Choose, choose to accept choose. your powerlessness over Absolutely. the traffic. Choose to be okay with, yeah. I'm going to be late. What can you do? Make the call and say, I'm going to be late and then relax. Exactly. Because you can't do anything about it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're in a situation where you can't necessarily make a different choice, it is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. You know, how can you tweak? How, how, how can you shift your perception? I mean, we've got, there's a principle called life is art. And how one of our trainers explained she's in this fight with her husband. And at the end of the day, her husband is, <laughs> is more responsive than what she is. And she's just witnessing his lines of his face and his beautiful nose and the color in his eyes like how can you shift your perception in this moment because i mean that's really you know life as art exists but again that's a choice and it's not copying out it's not sort of like chipping out it's being becoming a lot more present to what actually is amazing yeah my husband will love you if you can get me more present well, you know, well, oh, when did we make the date? The 11th. <laughs> yes, next, next Saturday. Not this coming Saturday, next Saturday. Yeah. So I got to know you through Leah yeah. and the retreat that we're working on together, mm-hmm. which is a detox retreat, but with far more to help people in so many different ways. So you are bringing Nia to the party. Mm-hmm. What can people expect in a seven-day retreat from you and Nia? So it's not necessarily going to be a, a class setup. I'm definitely bringing my journey through the body. So it's it's very much up about becoming aware of patterns in the body. So first, okay. first and foremost, I mean, most of us are unconscious. We all have blind spots. I still have blind yeah. spots in my body. And the way that we want to detox the body of habitual behavior is by first of all, noticing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've got duck, you know, duck yeah. feet. <laughs> Or just noticing, okay, my one shoulder is higher mm. than my other shoulder. Or I have a tendency to place more weight on the f- okay. uh, front of my feet. So noticing w- what is there and then how can I tweak? I, s- yeah. I notice you just sat a little bit more upright. Yeah. I mean, does that feel better? Yeah, but the reason why I did it was because I always noticed that my left, what's that muscle called? Um, the trape- trapezius muscle. Yeah. yeah, that one is always more stiff than the right one. Hmm. So it must be a movement that I'm constantly doing, that yeah. a pattern in my body that Absolutely. I need to do something about to release that. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I very often tell women um, carrying their, their handbags, yeah. there's a general, you would carry it most probably over the right shoulder. Yeah. You know, can you now choose to get more balance in your body? Just, it's simple little actions yeah. like that. Carry it over the left shoulder. 
I'm definitely going to bring building awareness awesome. through repatterning in the awareness body. Awareness is so important in life generally, I think. Absolutely. Also, in recovery, the most of the treatments I do is awareness is such a huge part. Mm. Of, once I make you aware, then you can't say I don't know anymore. Yeah. And then the healing can start. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And to have a practice that works mm. for you, yes. that serves as a constant reminder. Yeah. You know, even your badges, that serves as a constant yeah. reminder to check in with what works for you. You know, that's your reminder yeah. of healthy stimulation. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's very much, you know, with a detox program, I feel like it's like in a, in a class format, we have seven cycles. So I really see, because we've got seven days for the, for okay, the retreat. Yeah. So in a class format, and this is how I'm going to approach the, the retreat also, is that there's a stepping, there's a focus on intention. Everybody that, that's, come to, that's coming to the retreat, they have a focus on intention. Absolutely. They want to get rid of stuff, yes. right? So we're going to have a focus on an intention. And then with awareness, we're going to step into the experience. Okay. So I want to journey through the body from the feet, up through your shins, into your knees, you know, going up yeah. through the core, into the head, expressions, all of that. And we get, we'll get moving with understanding emotions and how emotional energy shapes the body. Um, because I know from from Leah that there there's definitely you know in a detox process mm. you do get emotional. Yeah. So I will very, be very supportive in terms of that emotional self care. Cool. And in a playful way because I cannot do anything if there's not play. There, okay. there needs to be play involved. The, so the we'll universal have fun. Joy, is the that... universal. The universal joy. It's a energetic. It's almost like how people refer to life force energy. Okay. So when Chi. we talk. Chi. Huh? Yeah, chi. Okay. Well, I knew that. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, there we go. Well done. <laughs> High five. <laughs> God, I'm getting good at this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, going into, so you'll have a peak experience in the detox program. And I think that will be the right place to introduce accessing joy. So we will have an hour class oh, with cool. a focus on the joy of movement after we free pattern. And then we'll be a cool down and we'll step out. And another tool that I'm going to bring is five stages. That's that's something else I'm qualified to do. And it's based on a guy called Stanley Kellerman. And I think there's a big, big space for that in in recovery okay. from addiction. Um, it's, it's based on emotional anatomy. And what you do is basically you go back to the embryonic state. And then you go into creeping, crawling, standing and walking. Okay. And so the embryonic state is the first state. Embryonic's the first step. Okay, cool. You know, because when you want to get counting, rid of stuff. I stand. counted four and then okay, yeah. embryonic was opposite the first. Okay, cool. Yeah, embryonic. Yeah. Remember going back to the womb. Okay. I mean, and for some people that might be freaky, but there's a lot of literature and science in terms of repatterning and resetting. Mm-hmm. And this dude, uh, Stanley Kellerman, is, is phenomenal is it work. Kellerman. K E L L E M A. Nearly like Afrikaans. Kellerman. Nia. Sonder. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that's also repatterning, but it's it's a much more yin experience. Okay. So especially in the retreat when we going to when you know people's energies are low, it's mm. a nice way of just integrating things. Okay. And and we'll see what we need to focus on during cool. during the five stages. That sounds exciting. Sounds wonderful. Yeah, I love what I do, and it and, and it works. Uh, one it can works. see that. Yeah, yeah. Because the the way you I'm good move. enough. And I remember, remember to breathe. To breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Mia, thank you so, so very much. I'm very excited to to see you in action next Saturday. 
Mm, so you teach on a Wednesday night, what time? Yeah, so in Somerset West, 6 p.m. at Life Retreat Lawrence Fit. Cool. 6 till 7, is an hour class. And then on Saturday mornings, quarter past 9 till quarter past 10. Cool. And then I also have classes in Stellenbosch. So you can get some info at uh, Stellenbosch, neastellenbosch.com. Okay, so there you go. neastellenbosch.com if you want to know anything. And the Somerset West classes, Wednesday nights at 6 and... Saturday so Saturdays at quarter past nine at the Life Retreat, Lawrenceford. Awesome. It. Fabulous. Cool. Thank you so very much. I loved this. And I love what you do, Freddie. I think you're amazing. You're <laughs> Thank rock. You. Thank you very much. We, we rock. Yeah. <laughs> Look after yourself. I honoured my word and attended Mia's Nia class this past Saturday. Wow, what an experience. I did what Mia suggested and arrived with an open mind and loved it. I was bloody exhausted and my calves are still stiff four days later. But I have entered a repeat entry into my diary for Saturday mornings at 9.15 at Lawrenceford Estate in Somerset West. I think I find a new way of exercising and of feeding my soul. Find out more about Nia at www.niastellenbosch.com I did not only enjoy learning about Nia but it was also amazing to hear about Mia's journey through trauma after their involvement in the St. Elmo's bomb blast in Camps Bay in 1999. What a trip! If you want to know more about the wellness retreat we discussed, go to Facebook and search for Rejuvenate June Wellness Retreat. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor or on Twitter at at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. I want to thank Mia for her time and energy in talking to Meet Me in the Field. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.